Our scripture this evening comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is God's word to us this evening. Amen. Well, I want to thank Amanda for singing that special song. It's uh, from the Broadway musical Hamilton. Yeah. And in preparation for today's message, I, I thought it would be nice, a nice way to prepare our hearts for what God has to say to us this evening. So uh, before I get started, let's uh, open with a word of prayer. Loving God, as we uh, turn our attention to your word, your holy word, uh, may our hearts and our meditations be acceptable to you. And uh, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit uh, with us here, may your word enter into our hearts and lives and transform who we are. To your glory, we pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in October, my whole family went to see Hamilton live at the Hollywood Pantages. Uh, Pre-pandemic, uh, my wife Stacy and I saw Hamilton uh, without our kids, and at that time we thought it was so great that we immediately purchased tickets for all four of us to go. Now, what happened? Uh, that was pre-pandemic. Then the pandemic hit and those tickets were canceled and the shows were postponed, and I wondered if we would ever get the chance to see it together as a family. And then uh, the, the theater started opening again, and so last act last October, just a month ago, we finally got to see it together. Now, raise your hands if you're, you've seen Hamilton. Yeah, well, let's start with this. Have you heard of Hamilton? <laughs> have you seen it? And then how, how many of you, if you haven't seen it live, have maybe perhaps you've seen it on Disney Plus because it was released during the pandemic as well. Okay, so I'm kind of getting a read of the room to see how many of you are familiar with it. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Hamilton, uh, the song that you just heard, sung by uh, Amanda, uh, is sung by the character Eliza. Now, Eliza is Hamilton's wife, one of the Shiler sisters. And the song you just heard is sung in juxtaposition to a theme developed in another song titled, the, the song is titled Satisfied, but it should really be called Never Satisfied. 
Throughout the, song, uh, throughout the show, um, it depicts our shared American history as Hamilton being um, very ambitious. In fact, Hamilton is uh, ambitious. He's um, very prolific, um, so much so that basically Hamilton, uh, the theme is developed that he's never satisfied. He's never content. He's never at peace. Making him, I imagine, a hard person to have been around and much less married to. Which brings us to the song that we just heard sung. Juxtaposed to the lyrics which Hamilton himself, the character Hamilton sings, I'll never be satisfied. Eliza, Hamilton's wife, sings the lyrics, look around, look around and see how lucky you are to be alive right now. Look around, look around. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. Just stay alive and that would be enough. We don't need a legacy, we don't need money. If I could grant you peace of mind, if you could let me inside your heart, I could be enough, we could be enough, and that would be enough. And as I sat in the theater uh, a month ago, listening to that song, I was reminded of two of Jesus's words. Look and see. Look around. In September of 2019, I was blessed to travel to the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, which uh, translated into California knees is this. You can imagine the Sea of Galilee in your own minds. Number one, it's not a sea, even though it's called a sea. Imagine a lake the size of Lake Tahoe. And now that you have the scale of that lake, now take that lake and drop that lake in the geography of Ojai or Solvang. And if you can see that in your mind's eye, then you are at the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And as I stood on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, I stood at the base of a hill where it is believed that Jesus gave what we know today as the Sermon on the Mount. And what I love so much about Jesus's teachings is how contextual he was. When he spoke the words of today's scripture, he was standing outside. He was teaching from nature's classroom. Look at the birds of the air. See, see the flowers of the field. In essence, Jesus was singing, look around, look around. As we prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, I want to encourage us to slow down, take a breath, and look around. And I want to invite you to celebrate Thanksgiving by number one, if you're following along in your outline uh, or in you version. Number one, let's celebrate Thanksgiving by adoring life. One of the first verses in tonight's text says, do not worry about your life. Life itself is amazing because of how complex and inter interdependent and how finely tuned it is. And life is also fragile. Life's complexity and life's fragility can be applied on a cosmic level and it can be applied on a personal, physical level as well. So let's begin with the personal, physical level. Superficially, of course, we are covered with skin. And beneath our skin, there is so much more. There's the skeleton that provides the structure that houses our organs, 
And each organ itself has a distinct and complex role that it plays in our body's function. And then there's the heart and the correlating arteries and capillaries and veins. And there's the digestive system. Uh, there's the nervous system, which amazingly sends signals to our brain and our brain then sends signals from our brain back to our body. And so, right, that, I, to me, I'm just going to pause there and just talk about the nervous system right there. Because it's amazing that right now you are thinking about the things that I am saying and processing this information. And at the same time, you could reach down and touch the, the texture of the chair that you're sitting on, or you could close your eyes and distinguish the difference between the texture of the chair from the texture of your hair. And at the same time, you're processing what I'm, th I'm saying the signals of our nervous system and its relationship to what our brain does. And, 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 and also, um, right, you don't have to think about breathing, but you're breathing. You don't have to think about your heart pumping, but it is. You don't have to think about blinking, but now you are. <laughs> but you'll blink eventually. Now, all of these interrelating systems um, are highly complex and they're interrelated. And God forbid, imagine if we just remove one of them. And that's how fragile life is. If we remove the heart, the whole system falls apart. If we remove the liver, the whole system can fall apart. If we remove the brain, the whole system falls apart, at least for some of us. Ah, oh, come on, that was better than a... <laughs> Life as we know it is amazingly complex and at the same time, amazingly fragile. Now, by the way, as an aside, for such inter interdependent physical complexity to come into being all at the same time, for all of that to be onboarded all at the same time is an argument in favor for the very existence of God, the creator. But I've, di I've digressed. Let's talk about the cosmos. The com cosmos, highly complex and highly fragile. Uh, for this, I'm just going to use my cheater notes. Now, I've got four things here that I could share. I'm going to share two for the sake of time. The Earth's relationship to the sun is finely tuned for life. Earth orbits the sun within a tight hab habitable zone. Uh, it's also sometimes scientists call it the green zone. Uh, and it's highly and statistically uh, unlikely for any planet to be within that zone re uh, revolving around a sun. If Earth was ever so slightly uh, further away from the sun, or if Earth was ever so slightly closer to the sun, then life on Earth would not be possible. Also, and this is interesting, uh, the tilt of the sun, right? The, uh, the earth is on its axis and it's tilted. Um, and if it was, uh, and it rotates, of course, uh, and the length of the rotation of the earth spinning on that axis matters. If the earth had a slower rotation, it means our nights would be longer and so would our days. And if our nights were longer and our days were longer, it would also increase the temperature on the Earth's higher and also colder, which would also disrupt life as we know it. 
Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, oh, and then if, if that, that's slower. If the earth was spinning faster in relationship to the sun, what would happen is that it would, it would affect the environment enough that wind speeds on earth would be so strong that life on, on earth wouldn't be uh, possible either. All right, let's, I'm going to jump to another one. The earth's relationship to the moon is finely tuned for earth, uh, for life. So earth um, orbiting moon, our moon, uh, which is, I think, a full moon tonight, isn't it? That's an aside, but, you know, look at the moon. Look around tonight. <laughs> um, the Earth's orbiting moon is critical for our existence. Our moon is just the right size. So, so think of the size of the moon. It's just the right size for, to stabilize Earth's, uh, Earth's orbit and rotation. So, and I never considered this before until I was reading this this week, that the Earth, because of the laws of gravity, actually stabilizes the Earth's spinning. Um, and part of that, be, uh, due to gravity, has to do with the size of the moon. So if the moon was smaller, if the moon was bigger, that would affect the stability of the Earth's rotation. Um, and of course, when the Earth's rotation uh, is affected by the moon, it, uh, it gives us, let me say this another way, the moon is perfectly created so that we can have a perfect climate within perfect temperatures for, to give life on Earth. Um, without the size of the moon as it is, uh, the, axis, the axis on which our Earth is on would be unstable, which would then disrupt life as well. So the cosmos is highly tuned to give us life, and we're just, and this is just, uh, you know, this is just a toe in, in the water, so to speak. There's a lot more that I added in uh, the version notes with regards to this. So, so life itself is highly complex, and it's highly interdependent, and it's very fragile. Which leads me to my second point this evening. Number one, let us practice thanksgiving by adoring life. And secondly... Let us practice thanksgiving by honoring God's providence. So far, if you're following along, then the fragile and therefore precious planet that we live on, this planet we call Earth, is highly, finely tuned for life. It's the biosphere in which we live in. And this biosphere is marvelously capable of sustaining a large diversity of life. It doesn't just sustain our lives, it sustains all of life as we know it. In fact, this biosphere, biosphere is so finely tuned that the probability of all these things happening by chance by one physicist has been compared to dropping a dart from space, and I quote, and hitting a bullseye just a trillionth of a trillionth of an inch in diameter on Earth. Pause. Let's think about that. You're on the space station, and you decide to do a spacewalk, and you go out there with a dart in your hand. You're, 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 you're out there in space, and you throw a dart towards Earth to hit a bullseye a trillionth of a trillionth of an inch in diameter. Now, hold on. If you've ever played darts in a pub, <laughs> and now you're throwing a dart from space, 
Now, and I, I, I thought about this. Now, seriously, look at the ground from wherever you're sitting and try to distinguish a trillionth of a trillionth of an inch. We can't even see it like this. And yet that's uh, the probability this physicist is arguing. That's the probability it would take for all of these things to come together in order for life to exist. Uh, put another way, Sir Fred Hoyle is, uh, was an English astronomer. Uh, he passed away in 2001. And he writes, we must now admit to ourselves that the probability of a life arising by chance is the same probability as throwing a pair of dice and getting six, five million consecutive times. Rolling dice, six. Now what's the probability that we roll the dice again and hit a six? Do that, what was it? Five million consecutive times. And that's the probability for all the factors uh, for life on earth, uh, for our life to come together. Jesus teaches, look around. Look around. See the flowers of the field? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Look around. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. They, they do not sow, they do not reap, or they don't, and they do not store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? One commentator notices that it would be wrong for us to conclude that Jesus is teaching us to be lazy. After all, if you've ever watched a sparrow, birds are always busy and they're always working. But the difference, this commentator says, the difference between birds and humans is that birds do not worry. Friends, according to Genesis, if God the creator created humanity as a part of creation and yet set humanity apart from creation to be in a unique relationship with him. And when we look at the evidence of creation and find a very, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, exponential, finely tuned biosphere to sustain our lives and all of life, can we not agree that God provides and will in fact continue to provide? What I'm trying to say is we should not only be thankful for life. We have good reason to be thankful that God sustains life, that God provides, that God is provident. Look, yet your heavenly father feeds them. See, Will not God so much more clothe you? So let's celebrate Thanksgiving by adoring life. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving by acknowledging God's providence. And lastly, number three in your outline, let's celebrate Thanksgiving by focusing on God's grace for today. Many people are held in spiritual bondage to their past. I'm sure many of us know a person like that, someone who dwells on the brokenness of their past and cannot extricate themselves from it. Although they're here in the now, they live in that past space. In other words, they fixate so much on the past 
that they lock themselves out of the present and they lock themselves out of the future. Still others, and perhaps you for whatever reasons, uh, can only see a distressing future and worry about and have anxieties about the future. And so some people are locking themselves in the past and others people uh, are, are, are in a bondage because they're so anxious about what is in the future. What we contemplate on, what we stew on, can have a tremendous effect on our outlook on life, can have a tremendous effect on our spiritual well-being, our connection with God, and it can drain any spiritual thanksgiving that we seek to aspire to. In today's scripture, Jesus encourages us to not get too far ahead of ourselves. There's a helpful analogy of driving a car at night. Driving a car at night. Firstly, notice that the mirrors in your car are smaller than your windshield. And there's a good reason for that. Because if you spent your time driving, looking at your mirrors 100% of the time, you would inevitably crash. Similarly, when driving at night, our headlights only shine so far ahead of us. By faith, we are only exposed to what we need to see when we need to see it. Driving, worried about what's beyond the limits of the headlights could, you know, ultimately, right? If you think of where your headlights go and are ultimately continuously worried about what's beyond the headlights, you would end up just slowing down to a crawl. You would never blossom, progress. And so I echo the wisdom of our Christian brothers and sisters in 12-step sobriety programs because they have a motto and that motto is one day at a time. And so I elevate and I echo Jesus's words because he said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I wrap up with this. There is an appropriate season for mourning. There's an appropriate season for feeling the weight of our human experience and the horrible things that people do in light of their sin and their brokenness. However, the Christian faith is about the joy of the Lord that is grounded in the good news of Jesus Christ, God's son, who defeated sin and death by rising from the grave. And this truth is an eternal blessing that God passes on to us through faith. That means you can celebrate. You can be thankful in the midst of life's storms. In today's scripture, when Jesus was saying these words in the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to a crowd much larger than this one, but no doubt they were struggling through their own hard times as well. And yet he told them there is still goodness in life. In the midst of the difficult times they were facing and in the midst of the difficult times we're facing, there are still blessings to be seen. Look around. Look around. Let us exercise thanksgiving, adoring life, honoring God's providence, and focusing on God's grace for today. Amen. Uh, loving God, as we approach our, nation, our nation's holiday of thanksgiving, um, 
It, it, it inspires us. It reminds us to exercise what is truly a biblical and spiritual discipline of thanksgiving. And when uh, in our own lives we are struggling uh, with whatever it may be, it may be our health, uh, it may be our finances, it may be relational nature within our own families or with friends, or it may be our work and our stress, whatever our struggles are, you remind us today in today's scripture uh, that in the midst of the struggles, there are also blessings if we just open our eyes and look for them. And so help us to do that this week as we prepare uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving uh, with our friends and loved ones. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Yo no. 